You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. And tonight, we are... Hey Queens, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Queen of Podcast. I am really excited to have you here. We are cracking on to nearly 40 episodes done. This is insane. And this week, we are heading back to do another industry episode with the orchestrator of Six the Musical, so one of the guys that helped put all the music together, Tom Curran, comes on to chat to us this week about what it's like getting in the studio and recording all these amazing songs that we know and love and getting to help put the show on stage. So let's not waste any more time. It is time to get down. And you can't stop me because I'm the queen of the castle. Get down, you dirty rascal. Get down. Hey, queens, and welcome back to the Queendom Podcast. Uh, this is is another industry week uh, this week, and I'm really excited about this one because I have Tom Curran, who's the orchestrator for Six, here with me. Hey, Tom, how are you going? Good, thanks. How are you doing? I am wonderful, and I'm really excited to get stuck into the kind of musical nitty gritty. We touched on a bit with Katie a fair few weeks ago now, a couple months ago now, um, but now we get to unpack it all again with you, and I'm really excited to get stuck in. Um, but first, what's your lucky number? Four. Four. Any particular reason, or is it just like a something that's always well? Popular? My birthday is the fourth, and so I've always found four to be a I don't know, I like the symmetry of four, um, yeah. being even number and all that, but uh, but yeah, four is my lucky number, um, and it has been kind of forever. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, what's your favorite animal? Uh, a dog, nice and easy. Say dog, I've got a dog, so um, yeah, happy that out of all instruments in the world what's your favorite oh my gosh there's so many (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm gonna say piano just because that is my kind of first instrument yeah um it's what i grew up playing it's what i kind of play now so yeah i'll say piano and it's got lots of keys so that's you know (laughs) (laughs) now for the hard one you have the ability to time travel what show would you want to work on if you could time travel back to be kind of at the initial um, building stage of that show? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, I mean, probably something like the original production of Sunday in the Park with George, something that was kind of so um groundbreaking um you know so yeah i'd say sunday in the park with george the first time around okay i love that there we go now speaking of other iconic musicals that you are a part of um how did you find your way to be a part of the six family and working on the show sure um so i got a phone call um from a friend of mine um about actually something else, something completely different. And at the end of that conversation, he mentioned that he'd been to see um, this show called Six, um, written by two young Cambridge University um, students who were just about to graduate. Um, And he was like, I think you'd be a really good fit for the project. Um, And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have a listen. I'll, I'll, um, you know, can you send me some stuff? And so he, he's actually a mutual friend. He's the link between 
Toby and myself in the first instance. So he kind of set us up together. Um, And I just got sent kind of the the very first um, student production recording of the show. And I'd say from the minute I heard those nine songs in their kind of first form, I was convinced that it was something genius yeah uh, the writing and particularly the lyrics i thought were well something i'd never heard before in musical theater just the 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 wit and the yeah. construction um and how the music and lyrics meld together i thought was just so interesting so i was i was hooked from that first moment and then i ended up meeting up with toby and lucy um uh, you know, just to kind of get, you know, to get a sense of what they were wanting to do with the project and all that kind of thing. And then it kind of just went on from there. And we did these, um, these workshop performances. So I kind of came in between the original student production and the very, very first kind of tryout form. I think we did four nights in London. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I kind of came in the middle of that. So in the middle of where everything kind of started changing. In that when things started changing yeah, yeah when when it started to gain some uh, some traction yeah cool uh, yeah um do you just want to talk about your role with the show and explain what you do um from your perspective uh, instead of me trying to yeah do that <laughs> so i'd say that my my responsibility for this show um is kind of to do with how the music sounds, um, the design of the music. So you have costume design, you have lighting design, you have sound design, you know, all those different disciplines are kind of design categories. And so I'd say that as an orchestrator, it's effectively the music design. It's the way it sounds, um, uh, you know, it's working, it's taking the composer's ideas um, and expanding them to be played, you know, by a band or, or, or whatever the lineup is um, for the show. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like breaking down, or- Toby and Lucy kind of write what they want. You make it sound the way they want it. And then for example, right at the start, Joe then took that and then put it on stage and actually performed it. Yeah. So in general, the process would be the composer would write something, whether it's by, you know, writing it out by hand or singing into a voice memo, you know, the dictaphone. Um, and then that material would then be sent to me to kind of um, flesh out or expand upon those ideas. Um, in the case of Six, actually, Joe um, had written out all of Toby's, um, you know, okay kind of recordings of him singing and playing the songs with Lucy in the background interjecting with the, <laughs> you know, the kind of ensemble stuff. So he, he did a lot of that, um, the kind of transcription work to get it onto the page. And the fact that's what they use in their very first student production was um, the kind of Joe's uh, arrangements of these songs. Um, and that's generally how it would work in theatre. You'd have somebody... Uh, as an arranger to begin with to, to kind of get that music on the page if the composer um, hasn't got the time or is not able to notate everything you know as they want it and then um, I would collaborate with with that person whether it's Joe the musical supervisor and the composer to kind of um, to come up with a clear vision and to be honest 
Toby and Lucy had such a clear vision for this. It was undeniably um, everything you hear is, you know, they have had an input in, in, in terms of sonically, um, why it's there. There's a reason to everything you hear in this show. There's a reason why it's there and it could be justified along the way. And I think that's, that is so it's cool in the respect that you can, you know, you can stand by and be like, yes, this is here because uh, there's, there's a reason. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so with the, the kind of looking at the keys and the different parts, um, were the, like the synth sounds and all of that already kind of set in stone by the time you came on or did you have a hand in kind of finding the right sounds for certain instruments and that type of thing? Yeah, effectively it was, when I got involved, it was effectively, I was given the freedom to start, effectively start again, start okay. from scratch. Um, Toby and Lucy, uh, we made a, re- they, well, they made a really comprehensive list of references to popular artists and pop and, you know, pop songs and, and just music in general that they, that they wanted to kind of have that sound, but on their music. So I was given a very clear roadmap from the beginning of, you know, we want, um, in no way, for example, we want the drum the, the drum groove in the chorus to be the same as two minutes and 30 seconds of this song. You know, it, it, it was like effectively trying to match up or extract um, elements of existing, you know, pop repertoire and impose it onto their music. And I think yeah. that's for me why I found this project so extraordinary because it was like nothing I'd ever done before trying to work out why something sounds like it, like it does and then yeah. how to get that out of that you know track and then the essence of that put it onto onto the music in six that is so cool i love that that just that thought of them like listening to a song and being like cool we want that uh yeah can you find that like that's just yeah, there's, a, there's a google doc somewhere of just <laughs> lists and lists of like ex-wives and then the the references that that they that they both hear for certain sections and all that kind of thing. And it was just my job to basically put that all together and be like, how about this? And then it would be a backwards and forwards, you know, we we'd do changes and revisions and, and even up until Broadway, we were still tweaking. I mean, it's just a never ending um, evolution of refinement. and, and yeah. stuff. Amazing. I love that. So um, part of your job is also kind of rearranging the tracks too. Is that correct? Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? As uh, so in, like, so um, say um, we get a Berlin that isn't a uh, soprano, she's an alto or something like that. You then yeah. rearrange the tracks and vocal arrangements for each queen to suit. Yeah. So the essence of it stays the same. Um, I think if, you know, and they're very clear from the outset in terms of casting that we're not casting carbon copies of of something it's very much you know the performer bringing their own spin and their own uh experience to the role and so you're right in you know in some instances the keys of some numbers have to change because of um voices and ranges and all that kind of thing um so yeah there there is there is a there's a few there's a few discrepancies and a few differences between different productions where certain numbers are in different keys yeah. um, I have to say it's very marginal. It's kind of like semitones or, uh, uh, you know, t- 
two semitones either way. It's it's minimal. Yeah. Um, in terms of harmony redistribution, that is like the harmonies are written, and Joe wrote the, all the vocal arrangements in the show, so they're kind of all there. Okay. Um, and then it's up to the individual companies and their music director mm. to um, assign if, if if things need to be jiggled around and swapped. And you know, for example, Arabin sings the second line rather than the top line. Then those things are kind of um, sorted in rehearsals. Okay. Um, and I wouldn't really know um, who's singing what okay. on any production. It's just kind of cool. it's set in the rehearsal room, and that's kind of they run with that. Yeah, that's cool. All right, that clears that up. That makes a lot more sense in my head now. <laughs> um, another cool thing uh, with this show that you had a hand in was um, the studio recording. Um, yeah. Because I've seen you, I've been watching the videos and little snippets on um, YouTube and that type of thing, and I see you pop in and out. Um, so what was that experience like, taking this show from the student cast, building it up to going on an extended production of the West End and then going into a studio with it and then having to kind of replicate everything to a point where you knew it was going to be listened to over and over again forever. Yeah, I mean, there is a huge responsibility because, as you say, these recordings get pressed and then they are out forever and they're going to live on the internet or you know wherever um forever ever and ever and ever so there is you're right there is a there is a kind of responsibility to capture the absolute intention um of the music um and especially the music on a kind of a cast album style recording um what's cool as well actually is that the the conception for this at the beginning was uh, was that the the live show would be the live version of a fictional album that the band would have made if that makes sense so yeah. when you go and see six you're effectively seeing the live concert of their studio album effectively but yet the studio album at that time didn't exist so now so then when we got the opportunity to do the album it was like okay we're now making the album that the live stage production is, is effectively based, off. based on, but we did it the other way around. Um, so <laughs> we, we spent a lot of time um, refining um, in that period before we recorded, we went in to record the studio album. We spent a lot of time kind of going back through every single bar of music and refining and trimming and just making sure it's absolutely the intention um, for these songs to be able to stand up on their own out, out of context, which is the most important thing. Um, which is why you'll hear people say, oh, you know, there's the, you know, when you come and see this live, um, some of the songs have, you know, they, they're given a completely different meaning. I was literally meaning. just about to say that. Things like um, Amy with... Um, I just went, what do you want to do? Yeah, thank you. I just, whoa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my brain just went, no. But like, <laughs> there's the emotional kind of gravitas to that show doesn't come uh, that song doesn't come across on the album as it does on yeah. stage and when i heard it for the first time on stage i was like oh okay that makes so much more sense because mm -hmm. this is kind of the tracked version and now we're kind of amplifying it for stage and oh. yeah and also i think you know you're adding in choreography you're adding in lighting you're adding in you know the fact that you're seeing it live in front of you which you obviously you never get from listening, you know, on headphones to an album. So there had to be a decision made that, you know, 
these songs had to stand up on their own. So for the album versions, as you know, as, as you've alluded to, the the um, when you don't have all those elements combined when you're watching it, you know, it's a, it's a slightly different thing. Um, but it's an equally valid interpretation. You know, it, yeah. it worked on a standalone way. I love that. So yeah, it, it was fun. It was fun to um, to get a chance to make the album that the stage show was based on, um, you know, and add live brass section and string section, you know, and, and all these extra instruments um, on the album and guitars and, you know, all that kind of thing that we got, I got to have loads of fun yeah. with all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in that studio setting, refining the songs back that much, how much did you guys learn about where the show was currently at and then look at what was currently on stage and adapt from that point? Cause you kind of stripped it right back again, once it got to a certain point and then that would have kind of revealed a few things, I guess as well. Yeah. I think at that time um, there weren't many productions of this show on, I think there might've only been one. Yeah. It might've only been the kind of, london original london version um i'm trying to get the timeline right i think we did this album <laughs> it's funny how like all condensed it is because you think of the timeline yeah. it's really only yeah, three it's, years and it's like i know it's bizarre um the album was done in 2018 i think i think that's right so just before the first instance of the tour you have to correct me if i'm wrong i'm, I'm googling right now Google <laughs> um and of course the youtube video is 2018 31st of august yeah so i think that's just before or it was released at the same time that we went to norwich to start the um the i think that's right the, the first production so the ab the album was done in between the workshop stage and the first professionally put on its feet version of the show okay um so yeah it kind of went in that mid that in, in the middle of those two things um but it's funny now because actually there's elements of the album that we've now put back into the show so there's this kind of two-way <laughs> thing of um you know we did things on the album that we liked so much that we're like hey that has to go back into the show and then so we ended up putting some of that stuff in um yeah, just little bits and bobs, you know, all over the place. And we've mentioned the different casts. So what's it like for you knowing where you came into this show? Um, now knowing the show's toured Australia, going on to Broadway, done UK tours, cruises. What's it like knowing that kind of it's grown from this little college production to this huge worldwide sensation? Yeah, I mean, it's when you when you take a step back and you realise what's happened in the space of under well, it's like three years or something. Yeah. It is um, extraordinary, and I don't think anyone could have predicted at the beginning that this would have happened to this show. Um, yeah, it is bizarre to think that it's you know obviously not right now at the moment, but, but it is kind of all over the place. And yeah, it's, uh, it's weird to think that, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, so that shows it. But I think, you know, part of the reason is because it, it, it's had such a connection with the fans and, um, 
it, it, it resonates in a way that maybe other shows at the moment haven't done or I don't know it's it's a combination of things I think it's kind of uh yeah it, it, it's it's multiple I think it's multiple things and I think the fan the fan base is so strong and loyal um which is amazing to see I have to say you know they're just the kind of um the positivity online about this show I think is uh is amazing um yeah. And I'm kind of one step removed in that respect that I'm not involved in the everyday running of it and the, I'm not involved in rehearsals really. And, and um, you know, it, it, I see it in a different way, but but, but it's still, you know, a, being a part of something that has grown so quickly yeah. is really exciting. Yeah. And it's funny, like looking back on the YouTube videos of those kind of early productions when you could kind of see in the room that it was a buzz of like, cool, we're, we're doing an album. Like we're actually doing this now. And it was kind of like a really, it just looked like a really fun, exciting where what's next kind of feel. And I was like, that just sums up kind of this show at a creative standpoint. It always feels like, okay, what's next? Like there's never really a roof set from that perspective. Yeah, and I think the album really helped to get the music out yeah. in the world because I guess before that, you know, it would be a few things on YouTube or, or, or um, you know, word of mouth and, um, you know, whether you'd seen the show in, a, in an early version. But I think when when the, the songs got released, it then opened up the fan base kind of worldwide effectively. Suddenly that music was available um, all over the place and, um, you know, you turn up in Chicago for the first Chicago run. And I mean, I was there for the opening and, and everyone already knew all the words. And it's, it's that thing of going, you know, it's because of the album that people have been able to connect before they've even seen it. And yeah. they, you know, are going wild for it. What was your first reaction to seeing kind of the zhuzhed up version of the show? So once you kind of came in, did the album and then went to Norwich and onwards. What was that like kind of seeing the show grow from that point and being in the room the first night it was kind of performed to that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the production values went up a step from the workshop. I mean, the workshop was very um, minimalistic in terms of, you know, set and costume and everything was very much kind of, we're just presenting the next version of this show from on from the student version just to see the reaction and so then to, to then go another step um you know with bringing in tim you know the lighting and, and yeah. um you know every element was and then amplified again um yeah really exciting and actually it's funny because even that from then on it, it, every time we, we do this it, it you know it knocks us up again and again um you know yeah, the, the production values keep, keep getting stronger and stronger. Um, and yeah, it is amazing to, to, when all those elements work together, when you, you know, when I sit in the back of the theatre and you, um, you know, you're watching, effectively watching the audience watch the show um, and watching all of our kind of, our design aspects work in a way that, you know, we, we kind of all intended. It, it really is a satisfying thing. And yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, so with that type of thing, because obviously Tim's lighting is very in sync um, with the music and that type of thing. So um, 
did you have any hand with working with him to be like, cool, this is coming up and helping him kind of set his lights because he works very much off the beats and that type of thing? Or was that kind of just all him free reign? Yeah, so I think the kind of aesthetic for this show is obviously a, it's a pop concert concept. So, you know, lighting and music in pop concerts are very synchronated. You know, it, it, it's um, the relationship between the two, I think, is really important. And, you know, most theatre, you know, there, there, is a, there is an aspect of that, but, but nowhere near to the level of, of kind of trying to replicate a pop concert inside a musical. So it was very clear from the, from the beginning that there needed to be synchronization between lighting and music and, you know, beats and um, changes of color in the music also, you know, imply a change of color in the lighting and all that kind of thing. So there is definitely a, um, there was a strong link. So I, I effectively sent Tim um, kind of tracks of, the music i mean these are going back you know two and a half years now the kind of very first versions i did um and it's again it's been an evolution from there so you know he effectively created the lighting um to go along to the music tracks um it's all uh, click tracked and you know time coded so everything can be absolutely in sync um so yeah and it's fun because you know we keep adding, we keep adding new things, and um, you know, for the Broadway production, we we even there's, there's some new music and stuff in there. So there were new moments of lighting that had to be, you know, programmed in and recorded. And um, yeah, I, I I love it when the music and the lighting can can sync in a way that it's kind of satisfying, and you know, what you're hearing is also what you're seeing. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and that, that's what captured me the first time because, like, I went into the show obviously knowing the music pretty much off by heart and then sitting there and watching kind of the first thing that got me was the like his no way kind of lights that kind of build as it goes and i'm like yeah it's oh, so good damn so like good. okay <laughs> all right we're going here all right <laughs> um yeah very so cool. from <clears throat> obviously this is a very young creative team which is very rare um in big productions but most productions as well so what's it like being in the room with these young hungry creatives that are kind of just striving to be the top of their selective creative channel um, and just kind of pushing and feeding off each other to make this experience the best possible thing it could be. Yeah. It's amazing actually to have, to have such a young creative team. Um, There is something really special about that actually. And um I feel like the energy might be different as well because of it. I don't know. There's, um, yeah, we're all young. We're all, you know, it's just weird to see a show that is, you know, that's had such a success, you know, but yeah, the, the people behind it are all so young. It's just a weird, it's a weird thing, but it's, yeah, it's amazing to be a part of that for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Really. <laughs> that leads perfectly into my next question. Um, talk me through the the moment of getting the notification about the Olivia noms and what was what that was like knowing oh okay yep okay we're actually this is official now we're we're actually pretty good yeah (laughs) yeah I mean I remember I was at home and I was I don't know what I was doing I was was doing something 
completely unwork related or maybe watching TV or something. And my agent texts me and was like, Oh my God, like, you know, congratulations. Amazing. And then I'm like, what's he about? <laughs> I didn't even know it was like Olivier, um, nominations announcement or whatever but then yeah sure enough i see that this show has been nominated for um multiple things and it is that kind of thing you just go okay actually you know even to be considered even for the show to be considered in the same kind of on the same level as some of these other massive players um yeah. was a real shock to me actually and you know for the rest of the day i had people on the phone you know, ringing and being like, oh my God, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. And then I think, yeah, the, the atmosphere in the theatre that night must have been, you know, electric because, you know, they'd all been nominated for, yeah. for, for Olivier Awards. Bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you have a hand in, because obviously I don't think the, before the Olivier's, it, the kind of ex-wives six mashup hadn't really been, put anywhere were you kind of a part in figuring out how to take the two songs and oh, smacking my microphone there and <laughs> putting them together yeah so that that was a that that was an assignment for i think first of all for that that award ceremony was to yeah. to push those two together so yeah it, that that involved um well first of all working out how to do it and then i think there's four there's four bars of like linking um material that had to be created um so yeah i had to do a had to do a kind of a demo of that and then obviously the 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 usual approvals and you know um and then yeah for that award ceremony we had our onstage band and then we also had the orchestra um the olivia awards orchestra so it was a step of then okay going okay well that's the routine that everyone's happy with and you know carry on and, and all the creatives are happy with that and then um, I then blew it up, um, kind of one step, kind of, you know, taking our album material and, and, you know, orchestrating that version of, for the, for our album, um, instrumentation. And then it was taking another step up for the orchestra. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a multi-layered thing. Really fun. Yeah. And that's funny because that version is now being used, uh, in multiple other places. It's uh, kind of like the know. official promo kind of thing now. <laughs> so. That's right. there's, there's, a, there's a kind of a definitive list now of promotional cuts of songs. And that is, that is the um, Olivier Awards edit or whatever you call it. <laughs> I love that. Um, so with working on this show so in depth and knowing things kind of inside and out, what is your favorite part of the show musically? Oh my gosh um <laughs> now we put him I'm, on the spot guys <laughs> there's there's so many there's so many parts that i love i just think the writing in general i have to say is is amazing and you know i i kind of feel like toby lucy they don't know how clever and good it actually is it's almost like they're they're so humble about it and so not naive to it but 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 it is like you know you you have created something that is you know yeah exceptional um i have many musical favorite moments many um geeky musical moments that probably people won't even pick up when they listen to it but there's lots of little satisfying things for me um in there um 
I have to say my, my, my favourite moment on stage when everything has kind of come together, one of my favourite moments is the, at the end of the show when the girls are standing in their kind of six positions with the spotlight straight down and they're singing It's the End of the Show, It's a Remix, and it kind of, everything quietens down for that kind of 20, 30 seconds of, of music. Um, I don't know why, but that is my favourite. Um, there's something so... It's the simplicity of just having them stand with these spotlights straight down on them and um, the back wall of the, um, of the roster is kind of like twinkling away. And, and yeah, I just love that moment of the music and how that, uh, you know, is reflected in all the other design elements. I think it's, it's cool. But there's lots, of, there's lots of little geeky... I mean, I could talk for hours about... Let's go know, into the geeky stuff because I know <laughs> I listen and hear it. And so talk me through it. Go on. Oh my gosh. Um, That's what we're here for. We're here to kind of get everybody's brains flowing into how amazing things like this can be. Yeah. I think one of the briefs um, was that the, um, they were very keen to keep the kind of Tudor um, references flowing throughout, not even, not only in the music, but also in all the other design um, areas of costume and the, the set design, even the, that 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 lattice behind the wall, um, you know, is is um, you know, there's, there's Tudor references all over the place, um, and the music, especially so. But you know, a lot of these sounds um, that kind of Toby, Lucy, and I just sat in a room and kind of came up with these synth sounds, and um, you know, finding the right noise for the right moment and the right whoosh and all this kind of thing, and you know. I, yeah, if you go back and listen, there's a lot of these synth sounds that are kind of it's a synth, but it's also got harpsichord inside yeah. it as well. And so it can't. I've become, noticed that there's like several different ones as well, where it like at first listen it sounds like a synth, but then you listen and it's like, oh, actually that's like it's almost layered and it's yeah, I, yeah. I, so that yeah, there, there's a lot of that, and, and and that was something that I was we were all really keen to kind of make that a thing so that it's not just you know there's a clear um you know i mean it's really crude but kind of tudor reference music reference like recorders and harpsichords and lutes and 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 yeah it's just splatter all all over the place and even that green sleeves um melody that the whole of the opening number is kind of made up on um you know i tried to find a way to incorporate the um that that you know that musical figure um into other places where you know when you're listening you probably won't even know i mean my my favorite hidden um green sleeves um the second part of green sleeves that goes um the end i mean this is going completely into the massive detail but the end of Amberlynn's opening section in the opening number um there's a little kind of Glock thing, Glockenspiel thing that goes dun 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 dun, dun which is dun 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 dun. It's it's that phrase of Greensleeves, but the rhythm is slightly altered, and no one would ever know. But but it's kind of satisfying that there is like the second part of Greensleeves is actually in there. It's things like that. <laughs> Man, the techie in me wants to kind of sit down and just look at kind of like the. Um like the pro tools kind of just see how many tracks and how many different little notes and 
oh, I'm, this has just blown me away. I'm like, <laughs> this is great. Um, I don't even know where to go next. Um, let's go here. Let's see if this brings any other things up. Um, say we get another massive sickness sweep through and it gets to the point where you're the only one in the area that knows the content and they need you to go on to cover somebody. <laughs> what queen are you choosing to go on for? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I think I have to be, I have to be Jane Seymour just because I feel like, yeah, I'm happy to stand and sing a, a ballad and, you know, keep out the way everything else. But yeah, I think I'd have to be um, probably a Seymour. But yeah. not that I would ever, ever want <laughs> my, uh, my acting, singing or dancing skills. <laughs> um, so we've met, you mentioned the kind of writing. Um, lyrically, what is your favourite kind of section of the show that every time you hear, you're like, how did you even come up with that? Like, where... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's lots of moments that I'm just like, oh, it's just damn, so damn clever. Um, the whole like pheasant thing, I think is just amazing. Like the bring me some pheasant, yeah. all that. Um, there's so much kind of, um, kind of wordplay in like two meanings for the same word, like history is about to get overthrown. It's, overthrown but it's also thrown as in sitting on a throne i mean it's things like that it's just so clever um yeah i mean the lyrics throughout i think are are amazing i i could yeah name numerous examples i think um uh you know don't lose your head another example of just like hilarious and funny um you know lyrics and yeah it's just all very it's just very current and very now and i think that's why it's resonated again because you know it's it's teaching or it's it's history but in in a way that as you know through those lyrics has become so um relatable and accessible and and fun and i think that is that is another kind of secret to its um you know success in inverted commas it's it's yeah it's it's the lyrics uh, uh just captured so many people's imaginations and going oh that's that so clever and yeah. yeah is there something you've learned through the show that you maybe didn't know historically definitely yeah i think <laughs> i most people i kind of knew i knew the wives of henry the eighth and i knew i knew the order of the rhyme but i guess that's as far as you go with it and and yeah i didn't i didn't know the backstories and I didn't know about Hans Holbein. I think that that whole segment of the show is just, is just so clever. And the lyrics in that, that one are, are very, very, um, are very, very good as well. I mean, they're all, they're all amazing, but yeah, uh, uh, learning about that and, you know, that, you know, Cleves effectively won history by, you know, her settlement and agreement. And, and, and yeah, it's, it is amazing how, you just you just don't know about these these characters um, in any kind of detail, really. Um, certainly, learning history in uh, in school in the UK, you just learn. You know, he had six wives, and da da da, and that's really about it. I mean, you know, may I think I knew that Anne Boleyn had six fingers or something. I don't know, but yeah, that's something I that. didn't know. Where, where I was like, I heard that, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to Google that later. And I, yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's 
interesting. <laughs> um, oh, come on. I had it. Where was it? No, nah, we're gone. Guys, that was a good question too, I promise. Um, Come back. Overall, um, what is your favourite thing about this show? I think it's the fact that it has captured an audience's imagination in a way that I I haven't really seen with other with other shows. I think there's something... I mean, even just being on in that first preview on Broadway um, was the most incredible experience in a theatre I think I've ever had. Um, There was just something so it was the anticipation for for a show that had kind of whipped up a fandom, um, you know, through its kind of mini journey through. America but before it kind of um, found itself in New York but but there was just such a hype and um, I was just sitting there going I just can't believe this is you know that all these people have come to see this show which started out let's face it in a conference centre in Edinburgh in a student production um, there's just something I think just seeing that journey of the show um, and seeing the audience come along for the ride I think it's just yeah it's amazing and I have to say that that first um, Broadway preview was um, very very special indeed yeah did you go to Broadway con at all were you a part no of- I I flew out the week or just the week after because that was was that a weekend like Friday to Sunday or something yeah it was a Friday to Sunday it was I think it was the week you guys started rehearsals. I want to say it was the yeah. weekend before rehearsals started. Yeah, I so I think I flew out the end of that, end of that yeah. week. So I think you flew in the day or two after I flew out because I was okay. there. So, um, yeah, like that, that was the perfect kind of example of the hype. Like just... Did you go to the... Um, did they do a sing-along? Yeah, sing-along? that's where I was going. Um <laughs> have you ever been in the venue for a sing-along no i've never been in the theater when i'm a sing-along um i think i quite i think i'd be um i'd be like this most of the time <laughs> but yeah um i think that's that's also cool the fact that you know the show has found a way to present itself as a sing-along production um i think there's a few others that i think heathers maybe have tried to do that or have have you know on tour, I think they might have done. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's not a common thing to open up a show and be like, "Hey, come along and sing along." Yeah. Um, I think the music lends itself to that perfectly to start with. I think the fact that people know all the words and are so up for singing along. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I heard about Broadway Con and I heard it was, um, one of those amazing experiences of just of, it, it baffled me. Like, obviously, I'd seen kind of things from the UK, but to be in the room and I was like right at the front of the group too. So everyone was like shouting it. And I was like, it, it's weird to think how much this show means to people um, considering it's like a historical kind of retelling. It's got those life lessons and stories throughout that people are 
learning from and are really connecting to, which another testament to you all for creating something that is so, um, what's the word? Inviting, I think. Like it's a. I think it's, as well, I think it's the message, the, the kind of, the message this show sends out and beams out all over the place, I think is so important and so vital and strong and powerful and kind of, you know, we we will not be defined by men and, and just the whole kind of feminist aspect and and um you know reclaiming stories that have you know forever been told by you know a man's perspective and there's just something so powerful about that and it's so relatable now probably more than ever um yeah i think another reason why people have kind of you know really come on board with it um it's just the, the, the strong message and the, the positivity and you know all that kind of stuff. It is, it is, and actually to see, to see the show in different, in all different places as well is very, um, you know, it's very eye opening and yeah, to see people connect in such a cool way. Yeah. Awesome. Um, now you aren't just a six guy. You do have ventured outwards of the queen. <laughs> so let's touch on a couple of other things because you, okay. you worked with Toby on hot gay time machine as well. Um, yeah. then West end bear sound of music, What's it like learning from a show like Six and then going to other projects? Like how much have you developed as a, as a creative through this process to venture out into other projects and beyond? Yeah, I think this project was certainly on the edge of my comfort zone. And I think that is why I found it so rewarding to begin with. But also it was just such an enjoyable creative experience because you know, songs like Get Down are far out of my comfort zone in terms of being able to uh, work with that kind of style or, or musical material. So I think to have a show that explores kind of the pop sound, but from, from kind of, well, nine different angles, if you want to compartmentalise all the songs into different styles. Yeah, it certainly... Um, was the most exciting thing I've, I've ever worked on in terms of, you know, being a part of a creative team and, and music and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I've learned a huge amount. Um, a lot of, a lot of what I did on six was also kind of music production. So I don't normally do a lot of that in, in, in other, you know, legitimate or traditional musicals um, where it's kind of, you know, orchestral instruments or whatever. So the kind of pop production, um, was well it really opened my eyes to what what's possible and um just how to create sounds uh you know how to that process of extracting the sound of one song and kind of finding a way to put that onto toby and lucy's music um yeah was was thrilling and and something i'd never had to do before um it's also very different working with composers who are living i have to say like (laughs) getting that instant feedback of hi we want this (laughs) yeah but also because it's such a two-way thing and and, you know it's open to you know interpretation and all that kind of thing whereas you know if you're working on a revival where the composers are dead or whatever then it's almost there's a certain way that that stuff has to be um and yeah i love working on, on new writing and i think it's just so exciting and there is there's a lot going on i think it's just um you know, only once in a while do things really um, 
I think when the stars align in a way that allow projects like Six to really take off, um, that we see that kind of thing. But there, yeah, new writing for sure is 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 always really exciting. Um, Amazing. Um, now, for people that are listening, that maybe you're on the more creative side of theatre, maybe you don't want to be a performer or anything like that. Obviously, this is a very viable route to take. Um, do you have any advice for people that maybe want to get into um, orchestrating, arranging, and going down that side of theatre? Yeah. Um, I guess I started off Effectively, I, I was I was always interested in theatre. Always interest, interested in um, you know singers and singing. I was in a choir. It was kind of so. I think I always had that interest. And I moved to London to study and just got involved in all kinds of kind of extracurricular things. Whether it was playing for cabarets or um, you know uh, doing gigs with a band and some singers. You know, just trying to throw myself into um, the kind of London music scene or, or to be honest wherever you happen to be or studying I think it's just uh, the advice I give is that if you're going to university to study not even to study music but just to study then find those extra um, uh, curricular activities the kind of um, yeah all those opportunities which I'm sure are out there you just have to go finding them and I just did a lot of a lot of playing for cabarets and, and just slowly kind of um, you know, a lot of fringe theatre as well. I did a lot of, when I was just kind of starting out, a lot of London fringe theatre. Um, yeah, I think the best way to do, to, to get, the best way to do arranging is to do arranging. Like, you know, anyone <laughs> can song, if, they're, if, they're, if they've got any interest in, 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 you know, wanting to do more, I think is, you know, to take a song and to add instruments or to, you know, to just do your own arrangement of it, you know, whether it's for your own personal um you know just for fun or for a gig or whatever it is i think there's there's always a yeah a way to a way to get into it somehow amazing well tom that brings us to the end thank you for coming and hanging out um it's been fantastic chatting this side of the show and i've learned so much and it's been really really cool so queens i hope you guys have learned a ton too and you're going to go and listen to the recording just like I am right now and uh, hear everything that Tom's just spoken about uh, if you don't already please go follow Tom his uh, links will be down below um, show him some love because he is an amazing human being and a very smart intelligent human being if you can't tell by what he was just talking about because damn um, other than that we will be back next week with a brand new episode of the podcast. Uh, so we hope you join us and we will see you then. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 